Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. They that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. And that's where we'll stop reading right there. You can read the rest of the chapter if you'd like to. If we had a thought or a text, if you... Uh, How's that, Bobby? All right. If we had a thought or a text, it'd be sing. And if we had a subtext, it'd be get your harp. We're going to sing. So you pray for a few minutes. And so this is David talking about the time that Jerusalem was held captive down in Babylon. And you all have read the story of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how that they, the king of Babylon, required the best and the brightest to be brought down. Children that had the ability in them to stand before the king. And I'm sure that they got discouraged just like us in this day and age get discouraged. We see things that are absolutely contradictory to God's word going on in our day and age. Going against the Bible and against the standards that we've been taught to uphold over the years. We see folks that celebrate sin and see nothing wrong with it whatsoever, have no shame about it at all. We see folks that speak of, of peace and justice but they don't want any that God wants to give. And, and so I'm sure these folks that were held captive down in Babylon were in a discouraging day and a discouraging time. And they said those that brought them down captive required, them, required of them to sing a song. They said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Remember that old song in the songbook that says, This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. That's what this is to us. We're just pilgrims and strangers seeking a city which is to come. We're not home yet, but we can sing about it. We're not home yet, but we can lift, lift our voices in praise about it. And said that, so they got so discouraged they hung their harps in the midst of the willows. And, and I want to relay, I guess, similar to what Keith taught in Sunday school this morning. Don't you get discouraged? Don't you look down? We used to sing a song, the next step you take, you could be shaking the hand of the Savior. The next step you take, He could be blessing your soul. 
The next step could be on streets of purest gold. We see what's going on, and, and, and I know how this virus is, and people are afraid of it. And we thought maybe when it first came out, and we first learned of it in March or April, that maybe just a few months, and that would be all there was to it, and life would go back to normal. And now here we are about six months later, and we all still have to wear the mask. We have to watch out where we're at and pay attention, pay attention to how the distance between us and others and take all the precautions to try not to catch this thing. And it gets discouraging sometimes. And God's people have gotten discouraged, I think. They've gotten discouraged because we can't hug each other's neck like we used to. We've gotten discouraged that we can't shake hands that we can't gather together side by side and arm in arm and stand up for the Lord the way we used to. But I'm here to tell you today, don't get discouraged. Let's just grab our hearts and sing. And so you pray for a few minutes. The, they required of them a song. And no doubt they wanted them to sing so that they could make mirth of them, so that they could make fun of them, so that they could point and say, look, they're still trusting and that, oh God, that let them be captured. But I'm here to tell you today, we've got a mighty God. So if I have to live on the, in a box on the side of the road, I'll sing anyway because he's been too good to me. If I, have to, if I have to go without a job and go hungry, I'll sing anyway because he's been too good to me. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I have hope of Christ in this life only, I'd be of all men most miserable, but I've got a better hope. I've got a newer hope. I've got a hope beyond this life. I'm going to a country one day after a while where there'll be no virus. I'm going to a country one day after a while where there'll be no death. There'll be no pain. There'll be no graveyards. There'll be no hospitals. There'll be no old age. Our bodies will never grow old. We'll have a new and a glorified body where we'll be able to worship the King of Kings throughout all eternity. Why can you sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Because we've got a new hope, a better hope of a better place that we're going to one day after a while. So sing, children, sing. Oh, grab your hearts. They had hung their hearts up. They had sat down. Let me tell you what happens to an instrument when it's laid down. What happens to an instrument when it's not used? What happens to an instrument when time claims it? I played the piano for years. And I can tell you this, if, the, if it's in a place where there is no heat, if it's in a place where it sits and it's not used, it'll draw dampness. The keys will begin to stick. It won't make the music that it could have. It, it, the, the pitch in the whole instrument will drop. And you can, and if you let it go long enough, you can never tune it back to where it's supposed to be. If we lay our hearts down and we don't sing, we'll never be able to see the blessings that God could have given us. I'm telling you, we need to keep our instruments close. We need to hold them up high. We need to play them. And we need to sing, sing, sing about the goodness of our God. Ask Isaac, you take a guitar and you set it down and you let it set, the, the strings will begin to loosen. They'll stretch, they'll begin to loosen, and it won't be in tune like it's supposed to be. I want to say this too. We think 
we should be able just to sit down. We think we, nothing should ever come to us to bother us. We think nothing should ever come that we should ever have to stress over or work over or anything like that and then just walk into the church house and be blessed. Let me tell you how our harps work, how a musical instrument works. You may not realize it, but inside that piano there are 88 wires, 88 strings if you'll have it. On a guitar there are six. On a bass there are four. And if those strings don't have tension on them, they never will make the right tone they're supposed to make. If they're just loosey-goosey, they'll make no sound at all. They're dead, and you'll never get any music out of them. Sometimes when life brings tension our way, when we're worried about things, when we have to depend on the God that delivered us from hell, when we have to trust in Jesus that gave His life on Calvary, and we realize that He's our only hope, that's the time when the tension is in our lives that we can sing a glorious song. If you read the Bible, and I hope you do, there are very few times in the Bible that we can find that God's men would say all is well. There are very few times in the Bible that God's men didn't have to face some sort of tension, some sort of temptation, some sort of, of instance where they needed deliverance. That's how they could sing. Oh, folks, if we sit down, there's no hope. If we sit down, if we quit, and, and, and you know what happens to those instruments over time? If they're metal, they'll rust. We've got some rusty harps. They've not made some music in a long time. Well, preacher, I'm not a musician. I don't know the notes. I don't know the keys. I don't know the chords. Preacher, I don't have the voice to sing. People would, would, wouldn't know what to think if I tried to stand up and sing. I'm not talking about singing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I'm talking about praising the Lord. I'm talking about he that had everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. You're not exempt. If you can fill your lungs up with air and He's blessed you with health and strength to be here this morning, if He's given you a job to put food on your table and a roof over your family's head, if He's been with you and led and guide you all down long life's way, you are duty-bound to praise Him and to worship Him. I'm glad today that He's given me a voice that I can call Him my Savior, that I can trust on Him when I had nowhere else to go. I found a friend in Jesus and I can gladly sing that song. All right. Sing unto the Lord a new song is what Psalms 96 says. Let's go on. You think your life is bad. Paul and Silas were thrown in jail. You ever been there? You ever got locked up? They got locked up. When I was younger, I used to teach GED and they'd send me to the jail to teach the inmates. 
I'd go in on Saturday morning and I'd have to step over the folks that had gotten drunk on Friday night to get to the table to teach GED. It's not a pleasant place. It's not a place I'd want to make my residence. Paul and Silas were thrown in jail. They were there. They were telling people about Jesus. And this young lady came and, and she told the truth. She said, these men are servants of the Most High God. And she kept on and she kept on and she kept on. Listen, you can tell the truth, but if you don't have the Spirit, you can be a, a hindrance rather than a help. And so... <clears throat> uh, Paul and Silas turned toward the lady and caused the spirit that she had to leave her and her, her masters that, that she brought money to through her soothsaying said these men teach customs that are, that are against the Roman way and you need to lock these men up. So they beat Paul and Silas severely. We think if someone says something contrary to us, we think if someone says something bad about you and me, we're out, we're down, we can't go on any farther. I've never had to take the beating where they cut my flesh and the blood poured like Paul and Silas, but I want you to pay attention to what they did. Oh, they beat them severely, and a jailer came and took them and locked their feet fast in the stocks, in the inner prison. What a time to be a Christian. What a time to be a, in, a, in a place where it looked like that it was in their darkest hour, in the inner prison. Locked up, couldn't move. But at midnight, what did Paul and Silas do? They sang. Their hearts went rusty. Their instruments went down at you. It didn't matter what was going on along life's way. They still had a song to sing. Oh, I don't know what they sung. Might have been amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a rich like me. Oh, it might have been I have been redeemed. I don't know what they sung, but they sung praises. To God, they sang and praised. And I want you to pay attention to this. Yes, they were in a dark place. Yes, there was a dark hour surrounded by evil men. But the next statement we can read in God's Word after they sang and praised the Lord was that the prisoners heard them. Somebody can hear your song. Sing, sing, sing. You sing your song when you're good to people. You sing your song when you bow your head and you pray and give God the glory. You sing your song when you see somebody in need and you help them. You sing your song when the Lord moves in your heart and you tell people about Jesus and how much that they need Him and how good he's been to you. You don't have to sing, fall off so me do. You sure can. You got a song to sing. You got an instrument to play. I've heard that, and this is not Bible, so please don't hold this against me, but I've heard that statement about somebody pulling at your heartstrings. You got an instrument to play.
when you play it from here, now listen, I know folks that have taken years of voice lessons to be able to sing. They've taken years of piano, guitar, you name it, lessons to be able to produce good sounding music. And they can sit down and do that, but until it comes from the heart, it's not going to make a lot of difference. I'm telling you to sing your song. I don't know about singing opera. I can't do that. I've never been trained in that. I don't know about making, making fancy music, playing Mozart and things like that. I've never done much of that. But I know how it feels to know Jesus. I know how it feels to be blessed. I know how it feels for God to have me in the palm of His hand and deliver me out of trouble. If you want me to sing, that's going to be my song. So Paul and Silas Could I put my name in there? Could you put your name in there? I know what it's been oftentimes with Mike. It's been a pity party. Look what I've got myself into. Why didn't I just keep my mouth shut? But they didn't do that. In their darkest hour, in the inner present, with their feet locked fast in the stocks, can't you just see them in darkness? And there they were, their backs beaten, split open, and blood maybe still oozing down. There they were. They didn't feel sorry for themselves. They prayed. Oh, and I'm sure, John, they didn't pray, get me out of here. They prayed, thank you, Lord, for one more opportunity to sing our song. They prayed. And they sang praises. And the preachers heard them. Satan says your people don't care. Satan says they're not listening. Satan says they can care less about whether you're at church or how you live in front of them. And they can care less about the example you set for them. Sing, sing, sing. The prisoners around you chained by sin, shackled down, are listening. They hear you. The prisoners heard them. And if it's not got here yet, it's coming. There was an earthquake. Something will happen to shake those prisoners' lives. Maybe sickness. Maybe that cancer word. Maybe this virus. I don't know. Something will happen. To shake those prisoners' lives. At midnight, there was an earthquake, and the prison doors swung open. I taught GED at the Jefferson County Jail for about eight years. And the whole time I went down there every Saturday, they never once left the door standing open. Because if they had of, there'd have been nobody left. Now think about this. The earthquake came. 
the prison door swung open and the jailer, supposing that the prisoners had escaped, drew his sword to take his own life. But Paul said, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Yeah. Something must have got a hold of those men. Something must have gotten their attention. You know what it was? It was the song that Paul and Silas began to sing. Listen, there's good news in this song, if you'll hear it. Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And the jailer calling for a light. There might not have been a bulb that electricity flowed through. There might not have been a torch lit. But some prisoners had already seen the light. <laughs> he called for a light and sprang in in front of Paul and Silas and said, what must I do to be saved? Yes. Now, you've heard them and I have too. There are evangelists that would just say, come right here. Oh, give me a donation and you'll be okay. Attend my church, and you'll be okay. But that's not what Paul and Silas told the old jailer. Listen, he was just doing his job. He had a wife. He had children to feed. He was just doing what he had been put in charge of because he wanted to feed and clothe his family. Oh, but this frightened him. There was, there was an earthquake. I know there was an earthquake in the Bible that we read where all the prison doors flew open. There was an earthquake in the jailer's life. He was afraid because the prisoners had the opportunity to escape and it was going to take his own life. Paul said, do thyself no harm for we are all here. He called for a line spring in and said, what must I do to be saved? And this was Paul. Paul and Silas' response, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't do it, John. It's not in my hands, not in my fingers. But I know a man who can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I'm going to go farther than that. And thou If he's not done it yet, sing, an earthquake's coming. Sing, an earthquake's coming. And he believed, and he took Paul and Silas. Now listen, I told you, I taught GED in the jail for eight years. I met those men. I talked to them. They had unusual circumstances. Some of them had done many things. Some of them had just got caught in bad situations. I didn't meet any that I'd want to take home and put under my roof with my children and lay down and go to sleep. The jailer took Paul and Silas yeah. to his house 
The Bible doesn't say that he placed the stripes on their back, but he sure did feel for them, didn't he? He washed their stripes, and then he set meat before them. And there sat two prisoners. I thought you said the other men were prisoners. We're all prisoners. All have sinned and come short. We're all prisoners. There are set two prisoners in front of the jailer and his family at the kitchen table eating a meal, sharing and still singing. So here's what I want to relay to you today. I'm going to go one place else here in a minute. No matter what life sends you, sing anyway. No matter what Satan throws your way, sing anyway. Do you know not everybody has good things to say about me? That's okay. I'm going to love them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to sing anyway. I like that song, don't you, John? Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. How do I get there? I got by his grace. That's how I made it. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout. The victory. Aren't you glad? Oh, and I'm going to go this route now. In Revelation, it said they sang a song, a new song. The angels can't sing. I'm not a great singer. I miss notes. I've got frogs in my throat often. But you've never heard a song like you'll hear on that day when we get to that country. Stand back and listen and rejoice and sing, sing, sing. I don't know what it is. It might be a man. Oh, I read where John said he saw a number. No man could number. And I imagine he probably seen Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, and the prophets, the disciples, the apostles, great men and women we've done a long last days. But I can tell you this, I'm in the mood because John saw me. And he saw you too. And you know what we were doing? Singing. We were singing. There's a song that says, I have a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. If you know Jesus, you got something worth singing about. You want to know what's going to get our sinners to an altar of repentance? It's not this. Pointing our fingers at them is never going to work. They know where they're at, they have a conscience. Most of them have heard enough gospel to they know what's right and what's wrong. So this, 
is never going to get them there. This will. Loving them, not condoning, not condoning their sin, but loving the sinner. How do you show that, you say? You say. I'll tell this and I'll close. Years ago, and some of y'all are too young to remember this, before the internet, we would get these letters in the mail of these resorts up in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge. They wanted you to invest, to buy a timeshare. And so they would send you a letter and said if you would come for a tour, and it listed four or five prizes, maybe a TV, a diamond necklace, you name it. I was just a boy. Dad had already tossed that aside. But I read that. And I aggravated him until he took us. And we went on the 30-minute tour. I just knew we was going to get something good. We went on a 30-minute tour, and when they got done, they said, I'm going to go get your prize. And when they come back, we had won a home security system. And it was a box about that big a square. And if you got maybe six feet away, it would beep. And we won a steak knife. And that was it. And I was disappointed. But the night I met Jesus, I got something worth singing about. How about this, Megan? Ever since Jesus saved and pardoned, I've been singing every day. I've never been sorry, praise the Lord, that I trust in his name. I've got something. I've never been disappointed in him, John. He's never let me down. He's never turned me away. He's never rejected me. All he's ever done to me was love me. And that's worth saying about. Raised three teenage boys. They would date. They'd find a little girl and they'd say, Oh, this is the one. This is it. This is the one. And then, what do you know? A few months down the road, it wasn't the one. But I met the one. His name is Jesus. You know what he told me and what I found to be true? He said he'd never leave me. He'd never forsake me for lo, He was with me always, even to the end of the world. And I appreciate the testimony that Marty gave Wednesday night. I'm going farther with him. When the world belts with a favorite heat, I'll be with Jesus. I'm going on. I'm going to live eternally with Him. He said, I go away and prepare a place for you. 
And if I go away, I will come again and receive you in myself. And where I am there, you may be also. I'm going that way. When this life is over, I'm not staying here. I'm not staying in this trash pile. I'm not staying here in this mess. And that's worth singing about. He's not here this morning. So Bobby, you can tell him I picked on him. I've heard Robert Reed talk in church just once or twice since I've been here. But you know what he does? He's here. And every time he's here, he's doing his best to help. Whatever it is that we're doing. I have never heard him raise his voice to carry a tune. I've never seen him with a songbook in his hand. But his life and the way he lives it sings volumes. You don't have to, to sing for all the church to hear you. You sing from your heart. And if it don't come from there, we used to have a felon ranking. I'm sure if I called his name, Johnny would know him. He'd get up, he'd sing more about Jesus. And sometimes he'd get the chorus ahead of the verse. Or he'd mix the verses up. But every time he got up, he'd sing more more about Jesus. And tears would roll right down his face. That boy was singing. He might not have had anybody to harmonize with him. He might not have hit every note perfectly, but he was singing from his heart. You can sing. You've got an instrument. You've been through the times in life that they was teaching, and you can sing about all the times that he's delivered you. This is not my, as the old saying goes, this is not my first rodeo. I've been through some things, have you? I've been through some heartaches. I've been through some trials. I've been through to the point where I just didn't know if I could go on got so tired I remember one time dad years ago dad was in the hospital I believe he had a heart attack a bypass or something I had worked graveyards and, and I was going down there during the day I wasn't getting any sleep and I finally got so tired I laid down on that tile floor and in just a minute I was sound asleep and he was doing a little better there was probably 20 people in and out of that room in the time I was asleep and I didn't know anything about it because I was so tired. But here I am. God stayed with me all these years. I can still sing. Now, let me tell this. First time Dad had a heart attack, he was 42. And I had worked graveyards at Food City 
We took him to the emergency room that morning. They said he's having a massive heart attack. We're going to roll him back in here, do some procedures on him. He may not survive. You better tell him bye. And they rolled him on in there. And the Lord was dealing with me to preach. I got up on a great big wooden crate, brought my knees to my chest. I began to pray. I said, Lord, I'll do anything if you'll give me just a few more years with him. You know what the Lord did? He gave me 35 more years with him. He did. He kept his promise. And then when he got to dealing with me real heavy about preaching his word, he brought that back to my Amen. Amen. He said, you remember what you promised me, that you'd do anything and you know what, how it is. I said, Lord, I can't do that. Oh, I, I, I don't speak well. People won't listen to me. He said, you remember what you promised me. And I have to say, yes, I do. So here I am. I'm going to preach on. Amen. I'm going to sing on. Amen. I've done <laughs> I know you wish I'd hush. You're not going to get me to. I'm going to preach on. I'm going to sing on. And I'm going to march right down the streets of glory. Yeah. Singing and praising the Lamb. Don't lay your instrument down. Let the strings rot. Don't lay your instrument down. Let it get drop in pitch. The strings stretch and it's out of tune. What are you talking about, preacher? I don't play anything. We're to be Christians every day. And when we lay that Christian life down, it's inevitably going to get stained. It's inevitably going to be harder to get back to where we were than it was when we started. Don't lay your instrument down. Sing. Sing, sing, sing. I truly believe if God gives you another day, He gives you one more opportunity to be a light and a witness for Him. If He gives you another day, He's going to place somebody in your life that you can be a help to today. So don't get discouraged. Don't get down. Don't quit. Don't give up. Sing.